Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at This is episode 586, and I'm so glad that you brought that up on screen just as I got to that point because yeah. I had literally no idea Forgot. what episode yeah. it was again. Thank you. Cecil, yeah. are you, I have a question for you. Are you excited for round two of COVID because our numbers are up 119% on a 14-day trend? I saw. So I'm just curious, yeah. how's your round two feeling, buddy? Yeah. That Delta variant isn't great, it turns out. Delta variant. Delta variant in conjunction with people that are stupid and don't want to fucking get vaccinated. Dude, I got um, I got emails from uh, our schools this week, yesterday. That I'm in school with grade school kids, kids who are not eligible for the vaccine. Masks are optional. Wow. In defiance of CDC guidelines. Wow. In Illinois. Yeah, it, it's. I, I, are we trying to make it? Are we daring this I thing? I don't even understand it. I don't get it at this point. It I, feels like it feels like a troll disease. For it real. It feels like somebody looked at everybody and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a disease that people will shun a vaccine, shun every way to to, to prevent it, and uh, and and then I'm going to see what happens to those people. And essentially, we're just like, I mean, it really feels like, it feels like it a practical does. joke. So, yeah, because it's fucking, this is a pandemic set on easy mode yeah. all day long. And like, and we're, we're like, walking around like, like, kick me, I'm yeah. COVID signs yeah, on our backs. fucking punked. It's For outrageous. Real. It's outrageous. It's not going to get any better. And there's places, I, I it's funny because- we talked a couple of weeks ago. We we're excited that the numbers were going down. The CDC changed its guidelines. You yep. and I were both wondering what was going to happen. And both of us were like, wow, that's great. The numbers seem to be trending down. And we waited a couple of weeks to take a look at those numbers. And then I looked and they still are going down in, in other pla- in places where there's a vaccine. There's a lot of vaccine. They're still going down. Right. They're still at, at, Super hyper-regional at the moment. But the man... The people that don't have the vaccines and that aren't that are shunning the vaccines, those those curves are turning up fast. sharply, turning up fast. And and this, you know, the Delta variant isn't one of those things that you can fuck around with. It, it more it gives it basically gives you more COVID quicker. It's yeah, like, <laughs> it's crazy. And it's it's you know, it's great that we happen to live in a pocket of the country that is, you know, fairly well vaccinated, but about twenty percent of people can't get the vaccine. Can't even get it. So at some point, because none of those boundaries are real, like those people are going to start to get sick. Yeah. And there's like this narrative that, you know, like, oh, it's it's less dangerous for kids. It's less dangerous for sure than it is for older people. But it still kills three times as many kids as the flu does. And we take 
the flu real seriously. Real seriously, yeah. And if now we have a disease that, like, if the only thing this thing did was kill 300% more kids than the flu did, yeah. we would be raising our hands and being like, maybe we don't want our kids to get it. But because, I think because as a point of contrast, it is so much less dangerous yeah, for yeah. kids, we're discounting the danger for 20% of our yeah. population. And we also have to remember that kids are around other people. Dude, right? they it's fucking kids don't, booger slobber on well, each other. They don't, well, and they don't live in isolation. We don't put our kids in a fucking camp and they stay there all summer. They come back to us. Yeah. And then we're adults. And so our our immune systems can't handle this as well. And people that are older, grandparents, their immune yep. systems can't handle it as well. Spreads it to immune compromised yeah, folks. To immune compromised folks. Like everybody who says like, oh, it's not so bad for me or, oh, it's not so bad for kids. They forget that other people can get it from those people. I go to, and like, we're also just creating 20% of the population is vector machines yeah. now. I like, know, or, right or not vector, but not like I a don't want the fucking mega variant. Right, thank you. Yeah. It's like they get, so far we haven't had a variant that like hugs and kisses yeah. you and tucks you in at night. They just get worse. There hasn't been one that's been, that's been, uh, you get it and, you, and it turns you into the sniffles. There hasn't right. been one like that yet. I, there, we have yet to have a virus that like, oh, you're, my dick is 30% longer. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. I can't believe it. You're fucking doing little blue pills of COVID. Uh, God, yeah, it's, it's making me nuts. It's, out, it's, well, it's making me nuts, Cecil. It, I, I just, I can't emphasize enough. People just need to get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. They need to convince people to get the vaccine. Anybody you think is vaccine hesitant, needs to get the vaccine. I'm, I was happy to see that they were starting to do some of these things that encourage people to get vaccines, but gosh, we're in a position now where it's 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 critical because you got to, the, the variants that are going to come out of these Petri dishes that we're creating are going to be deadlier. Yeah, and then we're going to head into fall and, and winter, man. And yeah. like this thing is so much worse in the fall and winter because everyone goes inside and then yep. they travel and for the they, holidays. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be awful. It's going to be so, it doesn't have to yeah. be like this. <laughs> There's literally a free solution to this problem. <laughs> well, it, Ugh. Well, speaking of awful, the guys yeah. from God Awful Movies will be on later. We're going to be doing a vulgarity for charity segment. This is the penultimate one on this show. So we did one on their show on Scathing last week. We're doing one on this show. In August, we'll have the last two, Tom. The <sighs> last two from 2019. <laughs> 22 months. Uh, it, it, in August, it will have been what? 22 months? 22 months. months so, 22 yeah, months. So, but, it was but we had 1,100 some roasts, roast, guys. There's so many. And so we, we have them on a show later. Uh, it was a lot of fun to record with them, so we hope you enjoy it. It's the second to last one, so uh, so there's going to be one more after this, uh, and then later on in the show, we're also going to do uh, we're going to talk about the first chapter. Do the Cogdis Book Club. We're going to talk about the first chapter of Demon Haunted World. Look, I've got your advert here. Um, yes. I printed it out. Yes. So, I yeah. want to cook with you. Oh no, no, my English is not so good. Um, Ow! Uh, you want to cook with me, using me, you Oh, mean. yes, yes, you yes. see? Yeah, I see where the confusion was. I thought this was a cookery course. <laughs> no, no. But, but you were looking for someone who would agree to let you kill and eat them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see? That is funny. Yeah. Uh, so this story comes from Religion News Service. Amid Catholic opposition, states are legalizing composting of human remains. So... I read this article thinking, what the fuck is the opposition? Why in yeah. the world would anybody oppose a environmentally friendly space-saving way to 
deal with the after effects of life, right? Yeah, <laughs> like right, the body. Right, right. And I read it and I finished the article and I thought, I still don't understand still don't your understand. opposition. I still don't get it. But I will say this, dude. Yeah. 100% want this. Yeah. I 100, this is, the, uh, my is whole life. Is this in your will like, right now? My, 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 my whole life, I was always like, cremate me. Just cremate me and just right. fucking throw me away. Who cares? But this is so much better. And there's a great bit by Neil deGrasse Tyson where he is on stage and someone asks him about death or something. And he says, what I really want is for me to be put in the ground and for the, you know, the flora and fauna that I feasted off of all my life to feast off me and then spawn more flora. It's a really, he's much more beautiful and much more elegant. Yeah, very poetic. And it's poetic yeah. and it's gorgeous. They should have sent a Tyson. And it's, they should have sent a, a Neil. <laughs> and it's amazing. And it's like, when I heard it, I was like, fuck, I wish I could do that. But I always heard that there was these issues with, oh, you, they got to embalm you. And groundwater and, and, contamination. And, yeah, it's like all, all this bullshit. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, but, I, but can't I just like, just like these people who say it's my religious exemption not to get vaccinated. Can't I say I have a religious exemption to getting embalmed? Is that possible? I think that you can actually. I think that there are some religions, and I, I don't think I'm wrong about this. I'm trying to remember what it is. But there are some relatively mainstream religions that, that you are buried sans coffin. Yeah. And you just- Just throw me in just, the dirt. Yeah, just put me- Just put me in the dirt, man. So this company, like this is actually really cool. They put you in a thing. They fill it full of essentially wood chips. Wood chips. And then after 30 days- You're just, you're just dirt. dirt. And I thought like, this would also be great to just get this ahead of time because that way, if you ever have a pesky body to dispose of- Oh, I know, right? You yeah. just got to wait 30 days. Yeah. And then you're just rock solid. Yeah. I didn't know it was so easy. It was wood chips. <laughs> How are these murderers getting caught all the time? Wouldn't it Can't be, you afford mulch? Wouldn't it be awesome to have a <laughs> plotted plant with mom on your on your <laughs> on your fucking windowsill? No, but seriously, like this is my dream. This is how I want to go. This is what when I die, this is what I want done with my body. I'm gonna have is, my dad done this way, and I'll I'll put daddy lions, uh, dandelions, yeah, daddy right, lions, daddy lions, yeah. daddy lions on it. Yeah, it's just I got rid of the end. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Can I read the Catholic opposition real quick? Yeah, sure. Go because ahead. I just I just again I. If you if you hear this and you think to yourself, oh yeah, that's a compelling argument. Joseph Sprague, executive director of the Washington State Catholic Conference, wrote in a letter that disposing human remains in such manner fails to show enough respect for the Fuck body you. of the deceased. I, how? It's my fucking body. If that's the thing I want to do, the respectful thing is to treat me the way I want to be treated. What is with these people and wanting to do shit with your body? Right. God, get your hands off my body, man. What the fuck? What the fuck, dude? Oh, it's not respectful. Sorry. It's the thing I want. Yeah, well, okay. Well, why don't you go fucking knock the fucking pint of ice cream out of somebody's hand or whatever? <laughs> you know, make them work out or, you know, right. smack the cigarette out of their hand or whatever. You're not doing that. Smack the altar boy what? off your yeah. dick. <laughs> smack the fucking sacramental wine out of your goddamn <laughs> Hand. You know, I know so many priests that have fucking three fingers and makers makers mark before dinner. Right. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't get to fucking pixie choosy what's good and bad for your yeah. body. Right. Oh, what? You're gonna fucking ban bacon from the fucking rectory? Right. Eat a fuck off. You know also, what I mean? Like, it's not bad for me to be composted. No, it's like I don't. What the fuck? Respect we, for your Do you body. not think that we all turn to compost yeah. eventually? This just hastens the process. Also, don't you think the fucking, what do you think the fucking soul is in there? Like, hey guys, let me out. Oh, we gotta get out. The only way I could get out is if you shoot formaldehyde in here. Yeah, because I guess there was no religion before formaldehyde yeah, exactly. and embalming. Yeah. Like, 
What? This feels like it feels like fish on Fridays because they have a fucking embalming line. Right. Yeah. Do you? I wonder if there's not serious investment in funeral homes. Sure. sure. But I mean, if Catholic I, investment. But if I owned a fucking funeral home, the first thing I'd say is like, I want every single way that anybody ever thinks to fucking get yes. rid of a body right. because I want to be a place where anybody could come. Yep. If you have any kind of service, any kind of anything, I would want to be a customer service based yeah. company. But you sell your, you make your money on coffins, bro. Yeah. You make your money on coffins yeah. and graves. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's, remember, it's like having a bar that doesn't sell alcohol. I remember when my mom, when my mom died, before my mom died, she told us, she said, do not get me a big service. I do not want a big service. She's like, cremate me and put me in a box. She's like, but do not, I don't want to be laid out for everybody to see in a coffin and then burn. Cause when my dad passed away, the cheapest coffin they had that they were going to burn. Right was like $7,000. Holy fuck, really? Yeah, and oh, so that was the cheapest- That's a burning box? Yeah, it was a burning box. Can it you make your own? I could get to Home Depot and fucking knock that out in an afternoon. It genuinely wasn't even a, a, a like a nice, good-looking coffin either. It was like, it looked like a, like a fucking old box. It didn't look good at all. For seven grand? Seven grand, my mom- I know lumber that. prices are up, but holy but yeah, fuck. Yeah, she had to pay that. And I remember her being so upset because my dad didn't have any- I mean, my parents were, they were yeah. poor. Yeah. So- my dad didn't have the money to, to, my mom didn't have a lot of money after my dad passed away. He had a very small life insurance policy through his union or something. And so right. it basically ate all that up. Oh like it ate God. a whole thing up. And so, and she was furious about it because there was not, because she was saying like, can't you just like fucking empty them out and like throw them in there? Like, <laughs> what do I have to buy a whole coffin for? Right. Don't you have, I mean, I'm not even being like yeah. gross, but like, can't you put the body yeah. on the rollers, Don't burn you have it up? a sharer? Like, right. can't you, can't, is there one like- Is there a, a display yeah, model? Like, like old shoe that I can use? Seriously, yeah. isn't there an open box box? I rent- fucking bowling shoes. I don't have to buy them. You right. Know, can't you just That's like, even, yeah. oh, we don't have sanitary issues to deal with, with yeah. like, oh, I don't want the corpse to get sick. Yeah, exactly. So it's a corpse. It was, it's, but it was really one of those things that pissed her That's off so crazy. much. That's crazy. That she, and when she, she sat us all down and was just, just told us, don't do this. And I remember when we sat down to talk to the guy who was going to handle the body, he said, so what coffin? And we said, we don't want a coffin. And they said, well, you got to have a coffin. We're like, we're not taking a coffin. If you can't do it, then we'll figure out somebody else. And he said, okay, I guess I could do it for $1,200. And so we paid like $1,200 for her to be, be cremated. Right. And then they just gave us a box of mom after it was over. <laughs> but that was, but that was it. That was the end of it. I mean, the first time I ever saw cremains just they just give it to you like in a, like if you don't buy an urn. Oh no, it's just like it's in a fucking hat box. For a, it's so disrespect. Like the the funeral industry is really fucking disrespectful because you get a nicer box that costs it costs nothing. You get a decent like little box to put something like a gift in or so for from China for fucking like nine dollars. Yeah. For, for honestly, for for ten or twelve dollars, you could have something that looks halfway decent. For, for, I don't think that's an exaggeration. 10, sure. 15 bucks. Yeah. And they give you it to you in a fucking cheap, shitty cardboard box with like lined with a fucking plastic bag. Yeah. Because like, you didn't want to pay extra. You want to pay these insane markups. And the insane, you get fucking guard. We they're literally yeah. can't even give you yeah. something respectful. Yeah. But I, I mean, again, you know, these are, these are people who are highly trained that you have to go to a lot of school for that. Yeah, absolutely. And they, and they have to, they have to make their money somehow. And so I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, I don't, it's something I want to kind of opt out of. Yeah, same. Mainly because, not because I don't, I want to thwart them. It's mainly because for me, it's, 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 
it's not spiritual, but it's something I feel. You know what I mean? It's one of those things of, it's an emotional thing for me. It's an emotional, I would love that for my corpse to feed you know, the worms. That's what I want. That yeah. is, that's, there's something about that. There's that, something that, about that that, that has good. that poetic yeah. nature, yeah. like yeah. that cycle good. of life kind yeah. of thing. It feels yeah. good. Right. The whiteness virus targets healthy, culturally and ethnically specific cells. Italian, Irish, Scandinavian, etc. And what have you. The albinitis then attacks and destroys any cultural or ethnic specificity using an arsenal of fake holidays, 17th century aristocratic class warfare, the one drop rule, and Elvis. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we have a cure. White be gone. So this story comes from NPR. Um, geocaching while black, outdoor pastime reveals racism and bias. We've gone geocaching. We have. I remember years ago. It's super ago, fun. Years ago, I remember you introduced me to it. Yeah. And I remember just, it was just such a cool experience yeah. to go walk into the middle of nowhere. You're out in the middle of the forest and it was off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. And you had to have that, that little device, the GPS. Get out, do it on your phone. I know. Now it's now it's a lot more accessible. We should go geocaching. A lot more accessible now because back in the day, you actually had to buy an actual GPS. Yep. And that was a, a, a it was thing. An investment. It was an investment. Yeah. And I remember uh, I almost bought one. I was close. I almost bought one and then I decided not to, but I was close. But I did have a lot of fun doing yeah. it. Um, but what is interesting about this article, Tom, is that it shows that we have two Americas. And Absolutely. one is one is a white America and one is a black America. Yep. And that, you know, when, when you and I went geocaching, you and I gave it no thought at all that we would be traipsing around and driving and looking at stuff. And, you know, we have a level as white men, we have a, a level of freedom that nobody else yeah. has we in this country. We own this country. We own the we whole, own it. we own every fucking I have ownership over this yep. country. The, the same exact hobby, which is the most innocent fucking like vanilla outdoorsy hobby you yeah. could possibly have. If you're black, people call the cops on you. Yep. This guy talks about like, yeah, I got to carry a clipboard around so that I look official. Yeah. So that when I'm walking around, looking at my GPS, trying to play this game with my family, with, with my kids, kids. With his kids. Trying to just play a game and yeah. be out in the neighborhood. Yeah. And he still gets called, they, they, they call the cops on him. I think he said like once a month. He, so he said he went to a forum and when he's on this forum, a bunch of people said, you know, I've never been stopped ever uh, doing right. this. And all these people were saying it. And he, and he started six months prior and he had been stopped seven times. Once a month, he was stopped That's unreal. by the police. Because people didn't think he belonged in that area. Yeah. They were like, oh, you should Because he's be outside here. while black, You man. shouldn't be here. You're yep. outside while black. What are you doing here? Yep. You must be doing something I illegal or something that is uh, nefarious. You're doing something wrong. And geocaching takes you into, now it, it doesn't go on private property, but you do walk off the beaten path and sometimes you'll go on to public property. There's a part of this where he talks about, because he's his goal, sounds like such a cool guy, by the way. When you yeah, hear he the story, he sounds like such a cool dude. He's, he says, you know what I want to do? I want to go to every state, every county and get a geocache in every county. And I'm like, what a cool That's idea, fun. right? It's yeah. fun and it's cool. And he said, I had to dig in a... Confederate flag, because that's where it was. Oh, he had to God. go to a Confederate flag. There's a Confederate yeah. flag, flag, and it's public. Yeah. And he had to reach down onto the bottom of this Confederate flag and pull out the geocache and then write his name or whatever, sign the book and put it back. He said he didn't take anything that time. But, you know, like, how 
insulting is it for him to go there? It's terribly and, insulting. I might not even think about it, right? right? I might just go there and be like, oh, this is where my GPS says I need right. to be. I found my treasure. Oh, I'm taking this blow pop or whatever. Uh -huh. And then right. go on with my day. And this guy has to deal with not only that, but then also deal with, you know, he's over there mucking around with a Confederate statue. There's, you know, the, and then he's, he has to take a clipboard with yep. him, like you said, to, to look like he's a worker. I got to look like I belong here because I have to look one class lower than you in order for you to accept exactly. me in this neighborhood. How fucking insulting is yeah. that? I can't look, I can't just be. Yeah. I go, I don't get to just walk around and just, yeah. be, just be and enjoy the outdoors and enjoy this, this harmless fun like really like, it has been around for 25, 30. Like yeah. it's really like Americana kind of pastime. Yeah. It's, it's so wholesome. It's fucking ridiculous yeah, it's how wholesome, wholesome it is. Super wholesome. And and you can't do that. Why? Because he's got fucking a better tan than me. Yep. You know? That's it. That's it. That's it. How fucking outrageous. Yeah. How absolutely outrageous. <clears throat> Vernon, were you by any chance scheduled to turn yourself in at the DOJ this morning? <laughs> Fuck! Oh, fuck! 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 No! God! God! God damn it! Oh, my fucking life! God damn it! Why, motherfucker? Why, motherfucker? Okay, so that's just piss poor staff work. Oh, this story made me smile. It's from the Huffington Post. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez slashes Lauren Boebert for call to end government benefits. So, so we should read her tweets, yeah. Tom. So we got to start with the first one and then and then she responds to AOC afterwards. So uh, Bobert, uh, I'm going to play this this audio. This is Bobert uh, at, uh, at CPAC. We're here to tell government, we don't want your benefits. We don't want your welfare. Don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci outie. You leave us the hell alone. God, I hate that woman. I, she Holy is a shit. horrible person. Holy shit. So, um, so she's talking at CPAC, basically saying, look, I don't want any of this stuff from the government. I don't want any of your handouts or whatever. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez responds. Oh, she says, tell them loud and proud, girl. GOP will strip your unemployment protections and dismantle any semblance of a public safety net we have left. Then make working people pay way more for everything on low wages while Wall Street gets a meal ticket. Good old conservative values, baby. <laughs> Ironically, here's what the article says. Ironically, Bobert has talked about her own days on welfare. And this is this is a previous tweet that she had last year in September, Tom. She said, I'm living the American dream. I came up from welfare, standing in line, waiting for government cheese to now running for Congress. Let's keep radical socialists out of government so people can be empowered to lift themselves out of poverty rather than wait on government. That's I don't know what you needed welfare and government cheese. The the reason you you, you never lifted yourself from your bootstraps. <laughs> yeah. You were relying on a safety net, yeah. you stupid. Uh, I can't. What the fuck? I'm so breathless right <laughs> I now. I know. It's such a stupid thing to say. And, you know, the, from personal experience. So I, I grew up very similarly, right? I had welfare when I was a kid. I had government cheese when I was a kid. And, you know, my parents worked as hard as they could to get off of that as as quickly as they possibly could, right. right? So for a couple of years of my life, when I was like nine and 10, my parents had to be on welfare. And I remember getting food stamps and, and, and that sort of thing. And it was right during the Reagan era when nobody had jobs. It was really sucky. 
And I remember getting those things and not having a lot, right? Not having a lot at all. And I remember my parents diligently working for many years to get us from an apartment to a bigger apartment, then from an apartment to a house. We finally moved into a house that we rented. My parents rented that house for 10 years. And then when I went to college, my parents bought a house. So they lost their house in the Reagan era, right? Right. They, They lost it to bankruptcy. And then my parents went on bankruptcy. And this is when this all happened, the government cheese, the food stamps, the, you know, like hand to mouth, but you know, you're surviving. And then after that, they, they, they worked as hard as they could. Granted that, that, that stuff was there to, to bounce on. Right. But you know, they worked as hard as they could to get away from it, to stop it and to eventually become homeowners later on in their life. Right. Like that's like that. They did exactly what Lauren Boebert did, right. which was Relying on the government during the very hardest times and then use whatever they could to try to get out of that situation, which is most of the people on welfare. I was going to say, like, the numbers show overwhelmingly. It is overwhelming. It's not a little bit. It's overwhelmingly the number of the people on welfare. They're on it for a short period of time when they need some fucking help to get through a rough spot. Yeah. Who does it? Fucking Lauren Boebert needed it, right? Your parents needed it. I may at some point in my life need it. You listener, you may need it. Just because you're in a good space now doesn't mean you're going to be in a good space tomorrow or in five years or in 10 years. It's just not, we don't have that kind of ultimate control over our fates. Right. You know, and the idea that you would want to support a system which wants to strip that shit away at the same time that you recognize that you yourself needed and relied upon that system. I'm like, what, I, how mean are you? Yeah. I, you're either obtuse at, at a level that genuinely boggles my imagination. Right. You can't be, you're so stupid. You, you, it's, it's a surprise that you breathe well, for real, yeah. for real. That, that same too. I got to read it again. I'm living the American dream. I came up from welfare, standing in line, waiting for government cheese to now running for Congress. Let's keep radical socialists out of government so people can be empowered to lift themselves out of poverty rather than wait on government. You just said you were waiting in line we for cheese. Government. Every single fucking Republican that I know or anybody that's on the right that I know, if they ever needed help, they're, they're the first in line to ask for it from the government. Sure. They're the first in line. They just don't want you to have it. Yeah, right. They well, want to have it. They don't want you to have it. Dude, they're the same fucking way with abortion, right? Yeah. It's always an exception. Well, for me, it's different, you yeah. see, because I worked yeah. hard my because whole I life and I paid into the system. I right. fucked yeah. my mistress and I, you right. know, that you yeah. can see where the problem is, yeah. right? Well, you know, so I'm not a whore. Yeah. I just got pregnant, right? I don't it's use all- condoms. That's disgusting. <laughs> 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 I thought I was covered in the seat of Jesus, Look, so. Here's the thing. It keeps that semen at the end, and I don't like semen on my penis. That's gay. <laughs> That's why I'm giving the semen to you. That's the whole purpose of the thrusting. It's, it's unbelievable. It's For unbelievable. Real. It's such the. I mean, it's the like hypocrisy. It's is, like it's like ugh. you picked out the most hypocritic stance that you possibly could pick out, and you chose that path in life, and it's it's constant. And this is outrageous. The way she walks on that stage and tells people what they should and shouldn't have. Yeah. Easy for a lady who makes that much money. Are you going to turn down government benefits? Cause you certainly benefit from being in the government. What are you making a hundred grand a year? Plus, are you going to turn your check down? No. Right. Yeah. It amazes me when people get into government in order to say government is shitty. Yeah. Well, it's your paycheck. That's your health insurance. That's your paycheck. That's your pension. What the fuck? 
I, you had to ask people to please give me this job. What an astonishing thing a book is. It's a flat object made from a tree with flexible parts on which are imprinted lots of funny dark squiggles. But one glance at it and you're inside the mind of another person. Maybe somebody dead for thousands of years. Across the millennia, an author is speaking clearly and silently inside your head, directly to you. Writing is perhaps the greatest of human inventions, binding together people who never knew each other, citizens of distant epochs. Books break the shackles of time. A book is proof that humans are capable of working magic. And this room is filled with magic. So you read the first chapter, Tom, of Demon Haunted World. Uh, this first chapter starts out with Carl Sagan getting off a plane, meets uh, his, his limo driver or driver, and the driver uh, happens to have a famous name and suspects that Carl Sagan is one of those people right. who has a famous name and says, are you one of those people who gets mistaken for the famous guy? And he's like, I am the famous guy. <laughs> and so they- he, Happens to both of yeah. us all the time. <laughs> I mean, I can't even- It'd be like, it'd be like a, and, and the guy, he introduces the guy as William F. Buckley, right. who was a commentator at the time. And he says, it's not the guy's name, but you understand right. and basically make it, the guy's a famous name. So, uh, so, but it's not the famous guy. And so they have a conversation and the conversation basically revolves around pseudoscience, right. around this guy's real interest, deep interest in conspiracy, deep interest in, in pseudoscience and, and uh, supernatural, and also being very excited to talk to a scientist who might be able to confirm some of these beliefs for him. And Carl Sagan spends the whole ride shooting him down. Right. And then the chapter sort of shifts into talking a little bit about the methods of science and where they were sort of cultivated early on, even specifically talking about medicine and really laying forth an outline that basically says, yeah, science gets things wrong sometimes, but let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Let's make sure that, you know, we, we pay attention that the most important thing about science is not its findings, but its method. And uh, and that's, I think, the main thrust of the art, the, the, the first chapter. Man, I, I, it's funny because I thought when you said that, the important thing about science is not its findings, but its method is that is so wild, Liz. I was thinking that over and over and over again while I was reading chapter one. And yeah. that is that is so far and away the takeaway. Sure. Because this guy that knew the um, these various pseudoscientific things, what he knew was the stories that he heard about science. Sure. And the, and I think the truth is that for most of us, I'll raise my hand as a guy who's got a degree in English literature and none of the sciences. Sure. I don't know the sciences, right? I don't know them in the deep, profound, hands dirty, brain dirty kind of way that yeah. a real scientist does. What I know is the stories around science, right? And we learn the stories of science. We know we learn the narratives of science. We learn a series of scientific facts. And I was thinking about this. That is almost the entirety of my scientific education. I took a biology class. You learn the story of biology. You learn kind of a narrative of biology. And then you learn a bunch of biological facts. Yeah. I took chemistry. Same shit. Sure. I took a lot of physics. Same shit, right? But what I did not learn or which well, maybe I did learn but was not emphasized in the way that 
really would have given me a whole lot more tools is the methodology of science as its own class. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The methodology of science is so much more important. The stories will change. The findings sure, will change. Sure, of course. Yeah, findings you know, are going to change. I could watch a thousand fucking YouTube videos about like, here's some cool octopus facts, right? It doesn't edify me. Sure. I am no more uh, capable in the world for knowing those octopus facts. But if I know how science operates operationally, and that's, I think, what Carl was really driving toward yeah. here. It's all about it's all about the method. And right. it's all about, you know, what's great is he introduces logical fallacies in this chapter without calling them logical fallacies. And what I really loved was that he just gave you an example of a logical fallacy and he never named it. Because it's not a boring book of listing logical fallacies. It's not just this big, long, right, right. boring-ass book to say, well, that's the argument from authority. Right. In the first page of the first chapter, he he gives you an example of Occam's razor. The guy comes to him and says, what do you think of this? And his answer is the evidence is crummy. He's saying there's better evidence out there. There's more simple yep, right. explanations for what you have to say. Yep. You know, one of the things too that occurred to me was he talks about the medical profession and there is so much pseudoscience and so much uh, pushback against the medical profession that we talk about all the time on our show. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that the, that he talks about too is not ascribing some sort of malice to things. And I think that's one thing that, that we found out very recently. We talk about Haley, right? When she had right. this C. diff. If you were somebody who wasn't, who wasn't a skeptical person, you might think there was some malice in what happened to your wife. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, you might think absolutely. that. But, but really what happened was just incompetence, bad systems, you know, there's a there's yeah. a there's a dozen things that competing happen. Competing incentives, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, poor insurance and insur how insurance uh, changes right. the the structure and the and the landscape of medicine. All those things happened, but none of them were directed at you. They no. were just a, you're no. just a symptom of the system. But if you were somebody who you could feel personally aggrieved by that, right? Oh, absolutely. I, and I think you'd be almost justified yeah. in those feelings. It, it takes a it takes a lot to step back. And I think Carl's first chapter really drives that point home again and again is that you've got to have a method you can use that lets you take that step back from, from feeling that personal connection. Right, right. And I feel like, you know, that don't let the enemy be, uh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good really feels like a whole second half of this because he does go out of his way to say there have been missteps. There have been missteps right. in science, but you can't look at these missteps and say that that's the sum total of what science gives us. And he is, he's making sure you understand how exciting science is too. And I feel like we talked to science communicators, we talked to Cara Santa Maria, how difficult their job is. His job was difficult back then. Yeah, and 96. you can hear it. Yeah. You can hear it and you see it and you read it and you know his job. He was competing with, you know, when you try to compete with conspiracy, when you try to compete with supernatural, people want to believe these things. Dude, it's 1996. He's literally competing with X-Files. Yes. And the cultural zeitgeist yeah. that really fed something like X-Files. Yes. That was the heyday. 1996 was the heyday yeah. of that kind of of yep. thinking. And one of the things that he that he drives home and it couldn't be more important you read you read this now and you're like, "Oh god, why did we 27 years we should have paid attention." Yeah. You know, you you read and he's like, "Look, if we're going to solve climate change, if we're going to 
we're gonna if we're gonna have these advances that we know we need to have, and he lists an enormous sure. number of them, climate change for sure. Yeah, they're all only going to get solved with one method. Yeah, there is no other method. There's no other way to do it. Like it, whether whether the discipline comes from biology or microbiology or virology or climate science or whatever, none of it matters in in the sense that the methodology will always be the scientific methodology that solves yeah. these problems. Right. The reason your pro it's it's funny to think, and I thought about this too while listening to the reading the book that. I'm only alive personally because of medical science, right? I would have certainly, I'm 43. There's no way I would have made it to 43. And that's because at some point in my life, I know I got strep throat a couple of times. And strep throat throughout a huge part of history was often fatal. It was just fatal. And it's a, such a fucking non-issue now. Yeah. I got meningitis. That could have been a problem. I got, yeah. I, and I'm a healthy guy. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm a very overall healthy guy. When you guy. were younger, you had that asthma that would come by I, every year. Oh, I had that yeah. terrible asthma. Yeah. And I had Rye syndrome but when I was a baby, but that's from aspirin, so who knows? <laughs> but I, and, and so, you know, column A, column, column B. B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so funny because it, it, if you just pause and and take that one step back and look and think, man, without science and without that method of thinking, yeah. I wouldn't be standing around today. Yeah. I almost certainly wouldn't even exist right now. It just tells you how fucking critical it is for us to try to continue existing tomorrow. Yeah. I, I think there's a couple of really great passages in here. One that I really enjoyed, and this is something I, I, I think I've quoted in the past, says, for me, it is far better to grasp the universe as it really is than to persist in delusion, no, however satisfying and reassuring. Yeah. And the ignorance is bliss is, you know, I mean, that, that idea yeah. is, is sort of written on that. But, you know, there is a, there is a comfort in, in thinking that there's a God who's controlling everything. There is a comfort into thinking that you go on after you die. And he mentions these things. This is Carl at the end of his life. Carl's right. not a young man at this point. Carl may have even been diagnosed with cancer when he wrote this book. I don't know the timeline, but I know he died relatively soon after this. So I know that he had cancer at the end of his life. And, and I know he was looking into the face of, you know, possible death very soon. And you could tell, like, he he knows it's very comforting to think those things, but I don't think those things. And I'm not going to persist in this delusion, however satisfying it is. And that's a that's something that all atheists, all skeptics have to eventually grapple with, is, yeah. that, is that feeling, right? Yeah. If, you, if you were brought up on lies, if you were brought up on lies, you have to grasp it. And I know you might not have ever had to grapple with that in some way. Maybe a little there, less. There yeah. probably was never anything, really, that you could think that would change. Your, you'd be like, no, there's... There's another, I never thought there was a God, so who gives a shit? But I did. And yeah. so for me, you know, it's like, wow, there was a there was a moment in my life where there was a delusion that was satisfying, but it's not satisfying once you know that it's a delusion, you know? Yeah, and just as important to that, I, I think about that quote, because I, I know that quote, and it reminds me actually of the Bertrand Russell quote that I, I carry in my wallet. Like, and, and it's, it's you know, something along the lines of, I scorn to shiver at the thought of annihilation, Yeah, you know? And, um, but you have to, in order to, in order to not find solace in ignorance and, and not find comfort in delusion, you have to have something meaningful to replace delusions with. And if we don't teach people critical thinking, and if we don't teach people how to use the tools of yeah. rational thought and science is, so what science is, is really just, 
It is a, a codification of the tools of rational thought, yeah. right? That's really what it is. And if, but if we don't do that, you can't strip people of Duluth. You have nothing to replace yeah, it with, yeah. right? So it's easy in some sense for someone like Carl Sagan to say, I would rather understand the world as it is because he has the tools to understand sure, it. Sure, sure. And we have to make sure that we give people the tools to understand the world as it is and then work on removing delusions, yeah. right? Because if all we do is try to remove people's delusions without giving them something else yeah. to feel wonder and awe and excitement about, that's fucking mean, you yeah. know? That's all it is, and sure. it won't work. It won't hold. It won't hold. And one of the things he says, and this is another great quote, he says, I was dismissing, he's talking about the guy who's giving his, 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 him a ride. He says, I was dismissing not some errant doctrine, but a precious facet of his inner life. Yeah. And what that shows us is something that's writ large today. These people that are involved in conspiracy, these people that are that are in deep with a lot of these pseudosciences, they're in deep. QAnon, you're in deep. It's yeah. a facet of your life. He knew back then that these things grabbed people and held them. And he knew he was going to have a hard time communicating with them because it's emotional. It's an emotional attachment. I can fucking destroy you with facts and logic all I want but it's not going to do anything if you're emotionally attached to it. And yeah. he knew that back then. And he was trying to tell everyone that we needed these critical thinking skills, but we also had to excite them. We had to make them emotionally feel something about yeah. this. And I think, I think that's the, those are the tough things to do. Not only just spreading, you know, good communication about science and critical thinking, but also exciting people about these things. And the, what he wrote, he wrote a paragraph in here that was exciting. He's talking about, traveling to Mars. He's talking right, about, yep. the, you know, uh, how this works and how this works. He's talking about all these little pieces of science that you might not know. This is how DNA works and this is how this works and this is how that, and isn't this exciting? And it is. And it, but it's, the problem is, is that the other stuff is, the the conspiracy is easier to tell. There's no, there's no rigor and it's just easy to spread. Yep. And those are the problems that we're faced with as a group of critical thinkers. And I think, one of the big takeaways for me for this book is how hungry people are to know things. Yes, yes. People are hungry yes. to know things. It's part of us as an animal, as yes. a species. It's it's so endemic to who we are. We yeah. want to know. We yeah. want to understand. I think there is a crossroads that we are presented with at some points in our lives where we can um, choose to fulfill that desire to know yeah. Yeah. Um, with bullshit or we can choose yeah. to know it with, or yeah. fill that desire to know with this other methodology, the thing is that you got to do the work of teaching people yes, the method. Yes, And yes. we have not, we have just not done a great job of teaching it. Yeah. And so I don't blame people and neither does Carl Sagan. I don't blame that limo driver right. for being voracious in his consumption of information. Yeah. The, the thing is that he just, he lacks the tools to differentiate yeah the kinds of information sure. coming at him. And we're feeding, and how much worse is that now? Yeah, and we're feeding him stuff from right. the internet. And we're feeding, and this was the internet before anything back then. I'm saying right. we're not feeding him that stuff, but nowadays you're feeding right. him from the internet. You're feeding him from their newsfeed. You're feeding him from lowest common denominator programming, which is something he will talk about in this book multiple times. Yeah. So uh, we are going to be skipping a week of Demon Haunted World because we have a guest on, fingers crossed, we have a guest <laughs> on for next week. And so we uh, we probably don't want to spend a lot of time with a guest and then possibly uh, a lot of time on a book and then not cover anything that's that happened that week. So, so we will skip it next week. But on the following week, we'll be doing chapter two, Science and Hope. 
I'm looking forward to it. Alex, I, 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 I gotta say, so far, Cecil, yeah. I'm loving this project. I know. It's a, such a great I such don't a miss David Icke. It's so refreshing. To oh, me. God. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Uh, as you can see, we're here. I'm on my one wheel, which is a hands free device. Uh, and I thought, well, what could I be doing with my hands right now? Well, uh, aside from the thing that you're thinking I should be doing, I could go to adamandeve.com and use code GLORY. And when you go to adamandeve.com and use code GLORY, you'll get 50% off almost any one item. Uh, a free gift for you, a free gift for your partner or partners, and a gift you'll all enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Hold on, I got across the street. Uh, okay, hold on. Plus, oh boy. Plus, free shipping. Adam and Eve has thousands of products to choose from that will get you hot and bothered and, and, and feeling uh, groovy, or uh, whatever they say now, a days. Oh, okay, it's getting gravelly. Uh, so remember to go to adamandeve.com, use code GLORY, you'll get all these, hold on, okay, gravel. You'll get all the discounts and uh, free stuff, and it'll, it'll be good, and you're, you're supporting a healthy sex life. Uh, so tell your friends and family, well, maybe not your family, but, t- well, some some extended, maybe. Uh, you know, like sister, brother-in-law, whatever. Uh, that's weird. Never mind. Uh, cut that out. But just uh, just go to adamandeve.com and use code GLORY and get all that uh, stuff. Okay? Oh, it's getting bumpy. Where the hell am I? Okay. Uh, goodbye. Oh, and if you want to see this video, I need 30 likes on Patreon. Okay. So it's our penultimate row session on this show. We plan to do one more in August. It's been a hell of a run and we did a hell of a lot of work to get here. But to finish these out, we need the help of the dirtiest mouths in podcasting. Eli, Heath, and Noah, welcome back to Cognitive Distance. You're just saying that because you saw how much shit Eli ate before we started recording, but it was still nice. (laughs) Uh, Heath upper deckered their toilet. What was I supposed to do? That's free shit. It's free shit. (laughs) That's nasty. I'm not. Come on. Not, uh, yeah, that's not at all what you expected okay. when you asked us on. Sure, Cecil, whatever you say. <laughs> I really did. So let's get started with a special request for Tom. I don't even know what that means, upper deck. Dr. Bullhammer would like you to yep. roast me for enabling your sloth. So go ahead and roast me, Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's smart. Let me just go ahead and jump right on that. Oh, look at me. I'm Tom. My mouth is full of the hands that feed me. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. I only work three jobs with four kids. I'm so lazy. <laughs> Whatever. For real though, let me tell you what. I fucking owe Cecil. I own fucking everything. We never would have started a podcast if he hadn't suggested it and later actually planned on, you know, the doing of <laughs> it. Uh, we never would have created Cogdis from Everyone's a Critic without Cecil. Because of Cecil, I've traveled, I met more people, and made friends I never would have imagined. I met my wife from this podcast, which I wouldn't have without Cecil. Cecil's bailed me out and helped me through the hardest times of my life without batting an eye. He's made the best times of my life so much better. Because of Cecil, I learned to appreciate good food, to cook a decent meal, to be a better thinker. I'm genuinely a better man with a better life than I would have ever have deserved on my own because of Cecil. And I didn't have to lift a fucking finger. <laughs> oh, and happy birthday, yeah. Cecil. Uh, please make me a cake. <laughs> We're breaking up, Tom. We're breaking up. That's it. We're breaking up. Okay, Heath. 
This next one's for Dev. They want you to roast Gamma O'Doherty, conspiracy theorist, racist, and anti-vaxxer. I think that's a trick. Oh, yes, the Irish lady. She's the fucking worst. And uh, she looks like exactly every mom from my hometown. So I guess all those details track. (laughs) She's like a dusty albino Koopa Trooper somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's Gemma O'Doherty. Cecil, back to you. You're up next. Aaron wants you to roast... Joanna Bischoff. So this is a special request roast here, and I have to read this because I'm not smart enough to understand it. Quote, please tell Joanna Bischoff that her cross-eyed zombie space worms couldn't grow a second head even if she hand-fed them Kobe beef liver and bathed them in Avion. I have no idea what that means. Really specific. But they wanted me to say it. I just want to add that Joanna looks like the lady at the college writing center that asked me in the most patronizing way possible if I really, really needed to put that comma there. Do you really need that there? Really? You're like a human math pun, Johanna. Okay. Noah, this next, one's, this next one really calls out for your delicate touch. David wants you to roast, and I'm just going to quote him here, quote, future no illusions from 2025 who still gets lung cancer anyway after quitting <laughs> smoking. <laughs> what the fuck? So mean. Fun, David. Cool. Cool, That's cool, great. cool. Fun, fun, yeah, fun for no. our roast charity <laughs> fucking thing. Oh, good. Can I just roast the twisted demons <laughs> David has rolling through his head? <laughs> no kidding. David, right? your imagination is darker than my lung lining. But yeah, okay. If that's you. You can to roast your charity. son at your funeral in a couple of years. Yeah. So, uh, here we go. Hey, future Noah. Uh, the fact that your response to the news was, so I might as well start smoking again now really underscores the degree to which you had that shit coming. But uh, look at the bright side. Just think about all the environmental consequences of your lifestyle you get to miss out on now. Anyway, have fun spending your last remaining days hacking more often than teenage Heath trying to figure out how to unscramble the porn channels. <laughs> I spent so much time trying to <laughs> bending those antennas around. No. Next up, Eli, we need someone to step up and roast Baby Jesus for Richard. Thank you. All right. Baby Jesus fucking sucks. First of all, worst Messiah entrance ever. I mean, Forgotten Realms has nine cooler god entrances than you, and they're not even the only one in their universe. Queen of Chaos, literally born from the first lost child. Tiamat, badass mask ceremony, but you? Oh, I was born in a farm because my parents didn't make reservations in advance like it was their first time at Burning Man. Grow up, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) Heath, Marty would like a roast of their ex-co-worker... Marchin or Marcin? No idea. Roast away. Okay. <laughs> he looks like I'm about to get an alert to endorse him on LinkedIn for white stuff. <laughs> and, and he, I've, more than anybody I've ever seen, 100% has holsters going over his shoulders for multiple cell phones, <laughs> like a Blackberry and a PDA. <laughs> oh, Tom, a total gift from Thomas. Roast multi-level marketing Kangen alkaline oh, Jesus water. Christ. Jesus Christ. You know what's worse than an MLM that purports to sell knives or cleaning supplies or makeup? An MLM that sells alkaline water ionizers for $4,000. Christ. What the fuck is wrong with the world? The people who don't understand the goddamn pH scale are being sold alkalinity <laughs> and then being turned into alkalinity salespeople. <laughs> Look, if you could drink your way healthy, Heath would win the Boston Marathon, (laughs) but you cannot. 
no matter the pH value of the fucking water. And if you have to resort to selling shit through your customers, that means you don't have a product anyone wants or needs. Like, seriously, imagine if anything else ever that was really any good was sold this way. I mean, fuck me. Pet Rocks sold out, but they sold out in stores. (laughs) If you have to leverage broke housewives and desperate people to be your warehouse sales and distribution force, that's because it's a fucking scam. Seriously, just ask one, one of these sales guys, just one time, ask them, what is an ion? <laughs> just ask once. <laughs> All right, Cecil, Dustin has a coworker that needs a paddling. Roast Ryan for him. Ryan looks like someone shaved Hoggle from Palabra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Looks like an anthropomorphic version of, can I borrow 20 bucks until payday? <laughs> All right. Up next, Wesley donated $100 to hear someone roast Noah's six. Eli, you're Oh, up. all right. Uh, you know, quite a few folks asked us to roast Noah's cigarettes when the goal was to get him to quit. But did anyone ask me and Heath what we thought about Noah's cigarettes? Those cigarettes were angling for Heath <laughs> and I to get a 15% raise, you know. It's true. <laughs> 15%. It's not how it works. It's fine. He tries to say numbers sometimes. But no, it's true. <laughs> they did have their downside. Uh, they were the reason why every live show ended with a sad, still line of people hoping for pictures while we all had to pretend not to know where Noah was. They, they were the reason why Noah almost <laughs> murdered me to death in an Irish airport and also a Japanese airport. And one in Seattle. You know, Not I'm starting the to think only reason. it wasn't the cigarettes. <laughs> it wasn't just that. Maybe, maybe the cigarettes weren't the issue there. But look, cigarettes, you tried to kill one of my best friends in the world. And by fast and furious law, that means I need to use magnets to launch your car into an active volcano. So watch your back, cigarettes. Watch your back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Noah, this is, this is the night of gifts. Rom would like a roast of and I'm using air quotes here, historian David <laughs> Oh, Oh, thank you, Rom. <laughs> I say, you remember Miss Prissy on the Looney Tunes? The old chicken lady who Foghorn Leghorn always wanted as a sugar mama? So now imagine she's a dude. I don't remember the plot of that as much as... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So now imagine she's a dude instead of a chicken lady. Boom, you are picturing David Barton. You are picturing <laughs> David Barton. It's true. So, and, and another thing he has in common with Miss Prissy, both have an equal claim to the title historian, actually. <laughs> they both have the same number of bestsellers that weren't retracted by their publishers for flagrant inaccuracies. A lot of stuff. But there is one category where he bests a fictional chicken lady and... It's the only one I'm aware of. His book, The Jefferson Lies, has been voted, and I'm not making this up, the least credible history book in print. <laughs> Holy shit. Miss Prissy has nothing on that shit. That's true. The Bible is in print. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and another gift, this one for Heath. Heath, we need a toast, not a roast, for Heidi's fur babies, uh, Heidi and Greg's fur babies. Okay. We got a picture of the cats. They are seething with anger about getting photographed. They hate (laughs) this person, whoever's taking the picture so much. All three of them very clearly have thought bubbles, quietly mumbling, I'm going to fucking murder you in a fire soon. (laughs) No question. Okay, it's it's a, in a good way, in a good way, I mean that. So like, if it's fun and uh, your butthole is very attractive, (laughs) 
Everyone <laughs> likes it when you show them. And nobody wanted all their stuff on that table. Uh, nobody ever wants. Uh, nobody puts <laughs> things on tables and leaves uh, yeah, them there. This must be Christmas, Tom. Look inside your stocking. Josh okay. got you a wonderful request. Roast incels. All right. Incels are the boring, dangerous, and inevitable monstrous personification of the cross-pollination of male privilege, laziness, sexual frustration, and internet culture. Any group of people who identifies themselves as being part of a club based on how undesirable they are <laughs> should take a fucking hard look at what they desire. It's a stupid fucking thing to be. It's not an identity that was thrust upon you. There is, by definition, no thrusting involved. <laughs> Look, I am involuntarily not rich. That's not something that society has done to me. That's just something I don't have when I fucking want it. I'm not an enrich. Get the fuck out of here. There's no social hierarchy conspiring to keep you out of the gym or out of the shower or preventing you from holding open a fucking door and then getting to know someone in a spirit of genuine human connection. No one is stopping you, asshole. You're undesirable because every day you're lazy about who you are and you see other people as objects rather than as possible connections. Getting late is really, really not hard to do. Take a shower every day. Take good care of your body you want someone to touch. Cultivate a desirable personality and be interested in who other people Duh, are. I'm Tom. I shower thing. every day. I go to the gym. <laughs> yes. Desirable yeah, personality. Yeah, I want to be clear. You don't need any of those things. You can Those help, but you don't need... That's just what greases the wheels. <laughs> like, the fucking comes pretty easy, actually. Women aren't some monolith or puzzle, you dim-witted, useless cretins. They're just people who want to be treated like people. They're not a hole for your slobbering, stupid cock. Especially not your <laughs> slobbering, stupid <laughs> cock. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they are for mine. That's how okay, easy Cecil. it is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, so we need you to roast author Orson Scott Card for Xavier. Card is the great grandson of Brigham so Young. Yes. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. Wow, really? I, I cannot think of an insult greater than your own genealogy, <laughs> man. <laughs> it says here you're known for LDS fiction, which according to my estimation is fan fiction of fan fiction of fiction. So that's, <laughs> that's great. All the photos of you smirking make you look like John McAfee after you killed your neighbor's dog and had someone shit in your face. <laughs> He just died, right? There's another. He did in a Spanish yeah, prison. Just, yeah, yeah, Spanish I prison. I thought Orson Scott Card died. I was like, ah. <laughs> 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 like, it's been a while since you did a good book anyway. It's not yeah, like you had He wrote one, one good book. <laughs> that's the ultimate yep, roast. He and then he just book. kept. One good and then book. he had to keep yeah. being alive. <laughs> he just said this. <laughs> Every morning he wakes up and that's he's like. That's his mistake. That was his mistake right yeah. there. Yeah, he needed to die in a Spanish prison. Here's another top shelf pick here. Allah wants a roast of health insurance executives. Noah, you're oh, up. Oh, well, I'd love to, Cecil, but I can't because those motherfuckers defy analogy, right? And that's kind of what we do. Like their literal job is to profit off the misery of others. Their daily goal is to see how much of other people's health they can trade for dollars. So you know, I can't say, you know, you're like X because thankfully you're not. You're not X is better than you. It's always, it has to be. You are uniquely awful in a way that renders comparison and indeed language itself useless. Roasting you would be like trying to set fire <laughs> on great. fire, I pass. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get a little oddly specific. Keith, Josh wants a roast of people who don't trigger the automatic flush in restrooms. Okay, listen, Josh. 
some people like to hover and some people like to nest. You're being a bigot. You're being a bigot right now. That's bigoted. When tall people hover, it doesn't always trigger the sensor. And then you try to press the button with your foot, but the button's too small. So I don't have to explain myself to you. I don't have to explain myself. Whatever. Bigot. Tom, another direct request here. This is this is from Tom, and he would like you to roast his family. Okay, you're upset because your family rejected you, Tom, but holy dumpster fire, look at that family and think to yourself, what do you want to do with them in the first place? I mean, sure, it hurts to get rejected, but come on, Tom. You didn't get kicked out of the Nobel Prize winners club here. <laughs> These guys oh, all shit. look like they have to be told to wear shoes inside the 7-Eleven. <laughs> I know sometimes you get dealt a shit hand when it comes to family, but these guys, they already did all the heavy lifting for you. They cut the cord, which is good because you don't want to be tethered to a groveling pack of perpetual losers. Seriously, look at this for what it is. A sudden and jarring cutting of the shackles the human stink anchors represent. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. They were ugly. They were ugly. Okay, Cecil, here's a great one for you. Uh, Seiki wants a roast to people who find joy in hurting oh. animals because this isn't dark oh. at all. Have you ever noticed that these people never try to hurt an animal that hasn't been domesticated over tens of thousands of years and trained <laughs> to be docile? None of these assholes are out there trying to fist fight a bear. It's always animals less than half their size, trained through breeding not to fucking attack humans. I hope you do this to the wrong dog. Get bit, get infected, lose your hand, and then your prosthetic is the meanest fucking chihuahua in history. And every time you try to sleep, it bites your balls. That's what I hope happens to you. This is this next one is for fabulous French accent guy Hello. Janet. Janet would like a roast of her vacation in the Lord. Oh, this Valley. is lovely. She sent pictures. Looked amazing. Oh, but sorry, sorry. Hello, Janet. You think you enjoyed the Loire Valley with its beautiful statues and its gorgeous jardins? But you did not. How you say? Watch Heath Enright strike out with a girl who is explaining how she makes wine using moon magic. <laughs> it's a very confusing day. <laughs> Did you get to watch Heath decide, no, this sex is not worth it, and then stop talking to her? Did you perhaps watch Tommy Smith eat McDonald's for three years in a row? What a fucker. What a fucker. Fuck him. No. Fuck him. Because if you did not, Janet, you did not experience France. <laughs> Fuck him. That's so repulsive. <laughs> you guys have never watched the the, the 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 wanting to get laid and Heath dies the fourth so, time. <laughs> so beautiful. beautiful French woman with the and accent. And then she was like, and then the moon carries the grapes. And I was like, fuck, please stop. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't fuck your face. I can't fuck your face. <laughs> Come on, Thomas. Let's go back to McDonald's. <laughs> This is a little niche, this one. Carrie Boo would like a roast of people who sun their buttholes. Yeah, <laughs> that was a euphemism for one of those weird sex things that only Eli knows about and I pretend to know about so he won't keep asking me to Google it. But no, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's trying to get a tan inside your asshole. And you know why? Oh, fucking course you do. It's because some goddamn guru had a thing for widespread assholes and therefore it's healthy now. Because this is the internet and that's how it works now. So to be clear, bullshit hippie health crisis have reached a point where literally blowing smoke up your ass would be more substantive. <laughs> 
Another great one we save for later. Heath, Karen would like a roast of the typical good guy with a gun. Oh my God, fuck all of you. Okay, so <laughs> if you think you're a good guy with a gun, here's what you're picturing. You're picturing a gunfight that happens like a karate teacher being like, what if I came at you like this <laughs> as a gunfight after they told you what this means? That's so true. Yep. Also, you're an adult who takes yeah. karate in this scenario. Yes, you are. you are. Here's what I like to do with these people. When they're talking about their like artisanal mead and risk control, whatever, <laughs> you very calmly, very discreetly take out a rubber band and shoot them in the neck and you walk away. <laughs> what are, you, are you diving over a table and pushing it up and blocking the rest of the shot? No, no, you got shot in the neck. You're dead. <laughs> Tom, another direct request for your services. This one is a roast of Eileen for her sister, Susan. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. I've read a lot of these roast requests, but I don't know that I've ever read one and thought, oh yeah, psychopath. Got it. Quite as quickly as this one. Really? <laughs> Fuck, look, here's the thing about Eileen. You know that thing that most of us are born with that makes us human and decent? Eileen doesn't have that. <laughs> I'm not saying she's not human. I'm sure, like, biologically she is. I'm just saying it doesn't count. Like, the part of most of us that doesn't need to be told not to laugh at others' pain and misfortune because we inherently see in others some part of us, yeah, Eileen does not have that. I think you're making it confusing. She's incomplete. <laughs> she is incomplete. Susan, she is poorly formed. She is not in all the ways that count fully human. And no matter what anyone does or says to her or about her, no one can reach back inside of her and install that missing something. So all you can do is look at her from afar, limit the damage, and see her for the broken fucking curiosity that she is. Jesus. <laughs> you got her like under glass in the museum of eight. Yeah, I like uh, it. That's amazing. Better for okay, everybody. Okay, Cecil, Ben wants you to roast his former army recruiting command sergeant, Sergeant Major Williams. <laughs> sergeant Major Williams looks like someone took it as a personal challenge and wanted to make the Guinness Book of World Records for inbreeding. <laughs> he looks... <laughs> Like someone drew a crude face on their tummy and they were planning on wearing a, a top hat covering the upper half. He looks like an animate mood, man. It's yep. insane. Oh, Eli, this might require you to unleash both barrels here. Jason wants a roast of the Republican House Intel Committee. Great oh, pick, Jason. Man. That's an oxymoron if we've ever heard one, isn't it? No need for a Russian investigation. No need for looking into January 6th. But hey, let's drag Andy Ngo down here to tell us about the time he got Dairy Queen in his hair again. I would compare them to McCarthyism, except we got our fucking answer when McCarthyism ended. After all this time, they have no yeah. decency. <laughs> well done. I have two in a row here for Noah. The first is a roast of Margarita Sim Simonian. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, for Igor in Russia, and the second is the UK's David Cameron for Okay, Michael. so yeah, Margarita Simonian or whatever is a Russian propagandist who looks like the substitute gym teacher who starts off by like showing you how to choke out a protester. Um, <laughs> she's also a fucking vicious racist who did a blackface interview segment oh. making fun of Barack Obama last year. 
Oh, that's classy. What? Yeah, what? Yes. classy. After this roast was requested, yes. Yeah, so she's just getting worse as we speak. It's a good thing I got to her now. <laughs> Jesus it's topical. Making fun of Obama. Yeah, right? <laughs> what? Um, Miss the moment. I missed the moment. The, the, the comedy is almost as insulting as the racism. It's so fucking stupid and awful. <laughs> um, David Cameron, of course, now he's the former prime minister in the UK who famously looked at the Brexit referendum and said, fuck, what's the worst that could happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> a man so ignominious he was replaced by Theresa May. That's kind of the most embarrassing wow. thing to ever have on your Wikipedia. Or, uh, the stands by uh, replaced by uh, yeah, what great insult there. Oh, and apparently, by the way, Cameron is now uh, and uh, and since 2017 has been the president of the Alzheimer's Research UK. Uh, but from what we know of him, he's probably it's like at least as likely as not that he's on Alzheimer's side there, that he's like being paid <laughs> by Alzheimer's. So I don't want to give any credit for that yet. Another person that's uh, forgotten my presidency. Yeah, this is all going to plan. Keith, this is an interesting request. Chris raised $95 on Facebook and donated that for a roast of people who thank veterans for their service. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Chris is a veteran and apparently okay, yeah yeah that's right better. okay Chris is a veteran <laughs> apparently it feels gross to Chris when people do that and Chris isn't the only one who feels that way this is new to me but you know now that I think about it thanks for maybe shooting people in the face for being from another country <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> kind of a weird thing to say. It is. It's a weird thing yeah, for you to say. Yeah, this is a little weird. Maybe some veterans do want to hear that but those are exactly the veterans you don't want to thank for anything. Yeah, anyway. that's true. So, <laughs> here's what you do. Instead, you thank a podcaster for their service. You just go to patreon.com yeah. slash citation pod. There you go. <laughs> Another specific Tom call out. This one's for Nick. He'd like to, he'd like Tom to roast his friend Drew. Go for it. Right, man. Drew looks like a somewhat sticky ventriloquist dummy you might find at the bottom of a lost and found come to life. <laughs> Nick, you said he was a sap, but that, that seems right. He looks both runny and sticky and uncanny valley all at oh, the same God. time. I'm not sure Drew's real. You don't have a real friend. That's not a person. All right, Jessica needs someone to roast traffic, Cecil. Okay. I've never been around anyone as mad as you about traffic. She wants you to roast <laughs> specifically the traffic of the Los Angeles variety. <laughs> not enough entropy. Roast it. <laughs> hey, Hey, look, guys, someone got a flat tire. You know what we should all do? Fucking stop our cars and stare at them. Yeah, there's nothing in the world more interesting than a flat fucking tire. We should all just make sure all fucking seven lanes on each side of the road stop to see what's happening. Someone call the news. This has to be a freak fucking human occurrence like Haley's fucking comet, man. There's an all your fucking stop and gawk because we may never fucking live to see another fucking tire. Okay. okay I right. never understood traffic jams. I, when I was a kid, I would say this. I still believe this. I don't know. If everybody just starts going faster, it's over. Right? <laughs> just go, just right? Go. Right? Can't we all just go? Just like yeah. one, two, three, go. Fuckers. <laughs> All right, Eli, another political one for you. This one is for Jason. He wants you to go after Mike Pence's successor in Indiana, Eric Holcomb. Also, this guy's from Indiana and clearly does not have a working sense of smell because he wants a bonus roast of Chicago pizza. Like, you can roast that, whatever. All right. Well, Eric it takes, Holcomb... takes, like, several hours to roast. <laughs> like, <in> the... <laughs> Ridiculous. Eric Holcomb looks like a Eugene Levy character that he abandoned for being too <laughs> unlikable. 
<laughs> if, if there were an advocate for sexual harassment among lumberjacks, <laughs> it would be Eric Holcomb. He, he looks like the lawyer representing <laughs> deep dish pizza after four local children drowned. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a lob right in the strike zone, Noah. Dealer's choice. Roast any right-wing asshole. Oh, any now. asshole. Okay. Um, let's go for the one most likely to kill me at the moment. Ron the Bubonic Tonic DeSantis. Right? Because, yes, I live in the fiefdom of Brian Kemp, but I'm less than 50 miles from the state whose governor has directly linked his presidential aspirations with how many of his constituents he can kill with COVID. So, Ron... You always look like you've got an inner ass itch and you're looking for a chance to stand halfway behind <laughs> something. What's more, you're the inner ass itch of human beings. And the state of Florida <laughs> is super duper looking for something to stand halfway behind. Can somebody just scratch? It's this one spot. I can't. <laughs> Rubbing it against a door. <laughs> so again, pretty specific. Thomas would like a roast of people who don't know how to use their brights. Oh me. my God. Is this me. is why we have the pit oh maneuver. This is why we invented it. I like the pit maneuver for this. These people need to fucking go. These are the man spreaders of the roadway. Uh, well, it's worse. <laughs> if manspreading somehow made a subway derail and crash, then they're that. <laughs> if you can't see the road without the brights on, don't be driving. Stop driving. <laughs> don't do that. If you're overdriving the regular photons, <laughs> what the fucking stop? What are you doing? You need to pull over, get out of your car, Light a cigarette, immediately toss it behind you near your gas tank, and slowly walk away. <laughs> Don't get back into a car. Another person who needs a Tom-style roast for their friend. This one is for Alex, and he wants a roast of Philon. Yeah, how the Philon? fuck is Philon even a name? It's not a name. <laughs> you made that up. All right. I mean, you listed all kinds of stuff about him, but even reading it out loud in my head, all I could hear after a while was the peanuts. Sounds. Fuck. Look, Philin is a guy who's just so fucking into stuff to be into stuff that he's not about anything. He's got so many interests to cover how deeply uninteresting he is. I mean, what the fuck? He's a wine snob and an anime nerd and a tattoo guy and a hunter and a gamer and blah, 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 blah. It's all excuses to talk about or be about something, and now nothing. Some new piece of meaningless trivia. Some new whatever that someone else created. Maybe, Philin, don't be so fucking afraid to be bored, and you wouldn't turn out to be so fucking boring. <laughs> That's just people like, with interests. I don't like you either, Tom. <laughs> That's your friend. Why would you ask for me? That's the shtick here. <laughs> it's so mean. That roast so wasn't mean. for me, and it was for me, and I'm sad, and it will be forever. Ten years after Philan dies, I'm going to be like, don't be afraid. Of <laughs> All right, Cecil, I'm jealous. You get to roast Senator Josh Hawley for oh. Aaron. Have at it. Great work, oh, man. What I love is that someone asked for Josh Hawley a year before yeah. he was instrumental in an insurrection <laughs> and voted true. not yeah. to confirm our election, yeah. right? Someone, someone, he was that big of an asshole beforehand. So this tells you what kind of fuck knuckle this guy is. You're like the star of an American Psycho remake done by David <laughs> Ayer White, and he thought the guy in it was a hero. In the <laughs> Eli... Steve is gonna is looking for a roast of his daughter and newly married <laughs> husband. Oh, Steve. 
Steve, what I wouldn't give for an update on this couple. Because if ever a wedding picture said, I've taken on a second job so James can focus on his pottery, <laughs> it's this wedding picture, Steve. She looks like she made him sign a prenuptial agreement about not keeping his beanie babies. They, they look like they invite people they meet on a hike to swing. I hate to break it to you, Steve, but they invite people they meet on a hike to swing. It's true. One more for each of us. This next one's for Heath. Javier wants uh, his good friend KP roasted. Okay, so KP is an aspiring actor, writer, and director. So Uber driver. She's an Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Eli, except with a way more dependable job for raising a child. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Dependable yeah, source of income. Yeah, shit. More Jesus. responsible as a parent. God damn. Potentially. I agree. <laughs> Eli, Jonathan wants you to roast his Republican wife, Holly. Yeah, so I read the email for this request and I was like, how could anyone stay married to a... Oh, there's the picture. Got it, Jonathan. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I mean, look, man, they make hot atheist girls too. Ones who, you know, don't think masturbation is gross and I shit you not that Bill Cosby is the oh real... My oh my God. Shut the fuck up, man. So, Holly, if you're listening and you're not because you and Jonathan got a divorce 18 <laughs> seconds after he sent this email, get off Instagram for a second, honey. Just a second, Holly. I, I promise, just for a second. Hi. Hi, I'm one of the comedians your ex-husband listens to to drown out your family during the holidays. <laughs> Holly... Unclench, okay? You know there's no God. I know there's no God. So just sit back, tie Jonathan's head to your waist with a horse feeder and just work out whatever you've got going on down there, girl. I'm so sorry Bo Burnham stole all those pictures from your Instagram. That was very mean of him. Very mean. Last one for you, Noah. Jason wants a roast of Nathan, the landlord, and Kieran. Oh, that is so convenient because they're both weird looking in the same general way. Thank you for making that <laughs> they, they both look like they're, they're like set to the wrong aspect ratio for this reality. You know, like they're from the <laughs> 1.85 to 1 dimension, but they're trapped in the 2.39 to 1 dimension. You're like you're like the weird <laughs> shit that happens when balloon or costume designers have to re-imagine a two-dimensional cartoon character into a three-dimensional space. <laughs> right? You look like the Duke and Duchess of the Uncanny Valley. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Last special request of the night. Scott wants a signature Tom roast of Josh okay, and Amanda. Born again Mormons? Oh. Wait, is that a thing? You know, I don't even care. Nobody cares. <laughs> Mormonism is a stupid cult that's so goddamn obvious about how fucking stupid it is right out in the open and on its face that if you, as a goddamn grown-up in the 21st century, decide from outside that culture to sign the fuck up, you deserve to lose your income and your friends because you've come entirely untethered from any possible connection you may have to reality. Mormonism is no excuses, <laughs> stupid. No excuses. And if your dumbass fucking ex-friends can't see that, Scott... If they were somehow moth to the light attracted to, of all inexplicable things, Mormonism, then let them go, <laughs> Scott. They were never worth keeping in the first place. <laughs> okay. Finally, I will wrap this up with a roast of Lloyd. Lloyd looks like Dig Dug pumped up a dwarf. <laughs> like just pumped him up and then let him let him sort of deflate him and then pumped him up again. <laughs> did it again. 
When he sits down at the gaming table, I feel like you guys should check his beard for a hidden black lotus. Not the magic card, the actual <laughs> plant. I'm sure there's one in there. I had that once. Ooh. Stupid. Guys, thanks for joining us. A uh, couple more next month, and we'll come to a close. We'll see you guys all, all right. then. All right, getting there. Getting there. So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, Joel, Kevin. I have here an affidavit. And if I could get an evidentiary hearing, you would clearly see that I am not a potted plah, a <laughs> potted plant. Uh, K. Lynn. That is the longest fucking that name. That is the I, longest patron name. The longest name. patron name. Not a terrible Karen. Sarah. John F. McDropout. CS and Joseph. Thank you so much for your generous donations. We Thank really do truly appreciate it. Uh, our two employees live off of your largesse. They so do. Thank you very much for donating because we pay them through you. So thank you, thank you. Not only do they live off your largesse, but we will have to kill them yeah, if we don't absolutely. have absolutely. Yeah, so they will yeah. die off your yeah. lack of yeah, largesse. Lack of largesse well. for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a rough system. It's tough but it's, fair. Yeah, how I like tough to think but about fair. It, tough but fair. It's not very fair, though. No. So we got, a little, we, got a little, <laughs> we got a little bit of messages this week. We got an image from Seth. It's a Comcast image. We're going to post great. it on this week's show notes. Very funny. Thank you, Seth, for sending in. Seth has another one that we're going to talk about in a few minutes that he sent in. Uh, we got another message, Tom, about healthcare. This one's from Kitsune. Yeah. Part of the article that they sent says this. Um, you are a healthcare reporter. I'm a healthcare lobbyist. And the fact that we can't do this ourselves is an indictment of where things stand at this point, said Greminger, health policy director at the Purchaser Business Group on Health, which represents large employers who pay their employees medical bills directly and have a big stake in price transparency. The subset of people who can do this is pretty small, and most of them work for hospitals. And the overall discussion is nobody knows what anything costs yeah, nobody, or why yeah, or how. Right, right. You have no idea. You can get... And I'm, I have encountered this. You can have, I, when I had, before I had my back surgery, depending on where you went for the same fucking procedure. So I had several MRIs and the MRIs of the same part of my back would cost different amounts just cause. Yeah. And you're just like, you, you have no way to know what it's going to cost before you get it. Sure. You have no way to know. Sure. Like it, it, the whole system is just nonsense yeah. to the consumer. Yeah. Nonsense it, to it, the patient. We got a message from J.A., and J.A. sends a message, said they found our podcast in 2015 off of YouTube, and they've been listening uh, for a long time. And they say, because of your help, I no longer wage a war on myself over God and my transition. How great is that? I think that's so great. And thanks for listening, Yeah, J. thanks for listening, J.A., and good luck with everything. And we're so happy that you listen. We got a message, Tom, from Julie, who also was another person who might have left a church because of Trump. How cool is this? I'm a new listener. I love the show. In response to the listener comments from episode 584, I am a new atheist who left the church at the beginning of this year in part because of the Christian nationalist movement and the church's embrace of Trump. Well, welcome. Welcome. Julie. Welcome, Julie. You're going to love it here. Got a message from oh, Seth is... again. And Seth says, Dean Kane is filming a Christian anti-bullying teen zombie movie near where I live in West Virginia? That's a lot of words to write before the really, word movie. It really is. It really is. Should I try to sneak in in the background in with the background actors? Absolutely. fucking You have to do this now. And you have to wear a cognitive dissonance <sighs> shirt. 
Because oh. cognitive dissonance is not overtly atheist. That, right. that concept is not overtly atheist. Right. So if you wear a cognitive dissonance shirt, they won't know that, and you just look like you love a psychological condition. <laughs> Tell you what, Seth, if you can get in on that movie, send us a picture, I will send you a hoodie. Yeah, for sure. Got a message. Uh, this is from Cheryl, and Cheryl says... Hey guys, at the end of the most recent episode, Cecil mentioned a listener's message had come from your fan page. Where is the fan page? The fan page is on Facebook. And so I'll have Ian uh, post a link to it this week or sort of let people know. Ian, if you want to jump in here, if you have an easy way to let people know. How to find the page. How to find the page. But I I don't know the quickest way to find it. Ian can probably post a link to it on this week's show notes. And so that way you can just log in. You have to answer a couple of really easy questions that anybody who listens to the show will be able to answer. And then you're able to get in. So we'll post a link on this week's show notes. And then if Ian has a quicker way, I'm sure he'll jump in and help. All people. these private groups like feel like an electronic speakeasy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you gotta know. You gotta know a guy right. who knows. You gotta, you gotta guy. know where to go and yeah. like how to do the secret knock. Yeah. So <laughs> We got a message from Amanda. I love this. And Amanda, when we were in Sydney, Amanda drove from Melbourne all, Melbourne. The, all the way up to Sydney. To Sydney on a motorcycle, I think. On the back, I think she was on riding the on the back of a, of a motorcycle, motorcycle to see us. And I remember her, and I remember being just blown away that someone yep. drove and because it's not an inconsiderable debt. An in, That's not around the corner. Yeah, it's a it's a distance, right? And it's also through like you got to dodge kangaroos and like well, wallabies and all kinds. The of The road stuff. is made entirely yeah. out of snakes yeah. at some point, like, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, there's a whole like cobblestone area that's just armadillo backs. You know, <laughs> so but they came up and uh, and I remember I remember them specifically. I remember a lot of people from there, but I, I remember, remember this specifically. So specific. I remember the bar that we were in. I mean, yeah. I remember I remember this because I was. I was f- fucking floored. Yeah. I was absolutely floored. So, yeah. And, and Amanda wants to, you know, get us in on this Tim Tam slam. Tell you what, we will, I will figure out how to get some Tim Tams. We'll figure we'll out a Tim we'll Tam slam. Yeah, because we talked about it on uh, on Cogdis, right. on, uh, on Weird Foods. We did, not Cogdis, on Citation Needed. We did a Weird Foods a couple weeks ago. Yep. And the Tim Tam slam was one of the food ways to eat food that people considered weird enough to put on a Wikipedia article. Yeah, we'll do it on a stream. mention it. We got a couple of messages about this. In Toronto, they renamed a park to Glory Hole Park. No shit. Like, legit, no shit. Why? Renamed the park, Glory Hole Park. So, Tom, we've got to get it to Toronto, not only for this, but also because I think in Toronto they have that Glory Hole Donut Shop. We just need to go. All right, field trip. Field trip. We're going on a field trip. We'll go to field trip to Toronto. It'll be fun. Once the world opens back up. I know, man. Once, once you can go to Canada. Once the Omega variant rolls oh, through everything. Fuck. Got a message from Justin last week on the stream. I specifically said, somebody had said that uh, Mike Lindell was previously someone who was addicted to cocaine or crack. And I had said, I don't know if that's true. Uh, how do we know that that's true? And there's a whole article here yep. that they posted from CNBC and he genuinely was a crack addict. And there's a photo of him. The guy yeah. wouldn't sell him crack. The story is actually really a great story. If you read the story. It is. And you don't, I don't like this guy, but I think it's kind of a great story. Yeah. This poor guy is out fucking doing tons of cocaine and gets on crack and he's doing all kinds of crack. And he goes to go try to buy it. 
So he stays up several days in a row and they specifically won't sell it to him because they had said, until he gets some sleep, I don't want him to, because he's going to die. Right. I mean, he's staying up day after day after day after day. And so he goes to buy it and the guy says, no, I won't sell it to you. In fact, I'm going to take a picture of you. He takes a picture with his, his camera phone. And he gives it back to him and he says, you'll use this when you're famous. And so it is a picture of him so fucking strung yeah. out. He doesn't even resemble himself. Doesn't even, he looks crazy. Yeah. But he turned it around, found Jesus or whatever that helped him, prayed to the Lord and that made him quit whatever he was doing. And But the thing is, is, is I wonder if that had a serious effect on him because- On man, his cognition. Because man, the yeah. stuff he's putting up now is- it's it's not like it's he's, not, it's, it, it does not like appear well. that he's well. Doesn't yeah. feel like he's yeah. well. Does but it's an interesting well. article, and thank you for sending it in, Justin. We got another message, another image from Seth, and this, this is, is so about great. the image that the guy posted last uh -huh. week, the Lindell guy. Check it out on this week's show notes. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. We want to thank, of course, the scathing atheists, god awful movies, D and D minus skeptocrat. Citation needed guys for coming on today yeah. uh, and doing vulgarity for charity. We're so happy that they invited us to do this with them. We're, we're passionate about modest needs and we're always willing to put in some time to help modest needs. And we did it last year and you guys came out in force and wanted to help. And so we're still trying to bang away at these, even though it took us forever to get to them. It's, it, we're still trying to make sure that we do this and we're still very passionate about modest needs and we're hoping another vulgarity for charity this year some changes in the works so that this doesn't happen again. <laughs> and we're not three years in the making. We're right. trying to get all it's these roasts out. We're going to try to think up different rules this upcoming time to help not only make it a shorter process, but also make it so that, uh, so that uh, the money gets to the people that need it and that this sort of thing can happen every year. And it doesn't feel like we're, we're, we're spending a whole year of vulgarity for charitying. It's, right. it's a, there's a portion of the year that fits into it. We'll keep you posted on that sort of information in the future, but we want to thank them for coming on the show. Next week, we're going to have a guest. Two weeks from now, we're going to read the second chapter of Carl Sagan's book. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us today, and we're going to leave you like we always do with the skeptics. Credulity Creed. is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. 
All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.